our hearts. So Father, today in our time with you as we meet you, would you impact our hearts? Speak to us today. We bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, take a minute. Find somebody around you. Make sure they're dry. Hey, make sure they're dry. Tell them it's good to see them. We'll be back in just a minute. Bless on somebody. We'll come back in just a minute. Well, I want to welcome everyone. Thank you for driving out in the rain. You Californians that come out in rain uh, is tough, but it's great to see everybody. Um, hey, I want to give you a couple updates. Yesterday we did, in fact, it's the only one of our food ministry this month. But what was great was the amount of people. In fact, I'll, I'll show you a couple pictures here. Um, when, they, when people sign in, they sign in as an individual and then um, indicate their family that it served, but also others come with them. And so yesterday was the a record day uh, of 137 individuals, but probably there was one or two people with them. So we ended up being able to serve about 420 people just yesterday. So I'm gonna show you a picture that was taken. It's kind of hard to see it um, on the next slide. 
so we had people lined up all the way in the fellowship hall, out the fellowship hall, and down the street to Forest. Couple of times. So, uh, and what's great is we ended up having a toy table. So, which the picture that we have that was with Michelle, oh, there's a great story. Um, we have a, an Afghan family that, ha- that are refugees that were able to get to the U.S. They were sponsored by a large church in the area. And the lady that runs the outreach ministry for the church brought the entire family. And uh, Stephen was able to go in and get a, they loaded up food in the back of their van. They were so, so, so blessed. I thought the kids would love dinosaurs, and nobody really, how many of you growing up like dinosaurs? That was like, you know, everybody wanted dinosaurs. You know, kids today are tough, aren't they? It's got to be, you know, it's got to be a tablet or something, but um, I think she was so happy. And then the next picture, I think, is another little boy that got a couple toys. Uh, and I, I like that one little transformer. In fact, the, the label on it said deformed or something on it. So I, I guess they can't read it to see it, but. What a blessing, uh, the amount of people that were meeting. You know, here's what I love. You have uh, white, Chinese, black, Indian, Afghan, I mean, all the way down. It's such a representation not only of our community, but how God sees things, right? How God sees it. So uh, blessings and blessings. We're so proud of your church. Uh, for reaching out the relationships uh, that we're building. So awesome. So this next Sunday, we had a, a commercial refrigerator and a commercial freezer donated. The freezer needed a new compressor. It's all been fixed. So we're going to actually put it uh, in the room this next Sunday after church. Any of our strong, how many men are strong? Can you guys still, is there still like, if hey, there's, no, all right, got some of you guys. How many of you couldn't get your arm up this morning? You were like, you know, so if any of you guys would like to help out, ladies too, we're going to get those set up. What's a blessing is we're receiving Trader Joe's uh, now. And um, what is a blessing for Steve and Eileen is when we get a phone call now about being able to get food, they'll be able to go out and get it and have a place to refrigerate it and freeze it at least largely. We have a refrigerator here, so blessing. All right, December 18th, next Sunday is Ugly Christmas sweater Sunday. How many of you already have an ugly Christmas sweater? And as I always tell you, don't wear the ugly sweater you wore last Sunday. No, that's, no, find an ugly sweater. I actually found an ugly Hawaiian shirt because I always wear my red jacket. Um, so I found it. My, my son, you know, he'll shop. Kids are different nowadays. How many of you, you know, how many of you remember, um, and this might date me, Miller's Outpost. Anybody remember Miller's Outpost? You wore Levi's. Nowadays, you know what the kids do? They buy their clothes online. Thrift stores. So I found a Hawaiian shirt. When it showed up, I found it on, uh, online. Somebody selling it on eBay. When I got it, I ordered it my size. When I opened it up, it's like a full-size bed sheet. <laughs> so it's just kind of one of those, you, you know, you take the, the risks there. So next Sunday, uh, ugly Christmas sweater. And then uh, December 24th, Christmas Eve, it's a Saturday, We'll do our Christmas Eve candlelight service beginning at 5 o'clock, all family service. We schedule it for one uh, one hour. We will not have a Christmas Sunday. That'll be our service, so Christmas Eve candlelight uh, service. All right, two verses today for our uh, tithes and offerings. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, and it says this. 
honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. I think that verse all, all starts with the first three words. Honor the Lord. Each week we put up a, a prayer to pray, and I encourage you to pray it individually. This is just between you and your Father God, especially as we honor the Lord. Let's pray this prayer today. Pray this with me. As I give in today's offering, I receive all that the Lord will open to me of his good treasure so that I can be generous on all occasions. I choose to honor the Lord today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you're giving today in service, there's an envelope in the seat back pocket. You can take that envelope at the close of service and place it in the offering slot that's next to the sound booth. You can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can give online or our P.O. box is on there. You can give there as well. If you have your Bibles today, I'm going to be in Luke chapter 1. If you're going by your tablet or your phone, we're going to be in Luke chapter 1. I'll get there in, in just a minute. Last week we looked at Joseph, but we titled it to follow Jesus, and we looked at the life of Joseph. What God told Joseph in a dream to do to prepare for Jesus was difficult. But he did it. He trusted God. Well, I'm going to look today at the same kind of title, to follow Jesus. But let's look at the life of Mary. About four years ago, my wife told me that she thought she was pregnant. Right? And I'm thinking... No, right? It can't be. Then all of a sudden, like, I didn't think about it. Then I started thinking about it. Oh, my goodness, diapers again? How many of you parents remember getting out of the diaper stage and you did a hallelujah, right? No more diapers, maybe no more formula. Then I started thinking, car seats, you know, that whole bit. So she had taken, I remember when she took her pregnancy test, I said, well, call me the minute, right? Call me right away. Well, she wasn't pregnant. But um, it was one of those things that you think about. And I know for uh, every young girl that grows up, they all want a family. They all want to have somebody, right, children of their own. And, and Mary probably had a dream like that, but she didn't expect it to end up exactly like how it happened. But I want to read these two verses uh, to get us started. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 and 25, we'll put it up on the screen. These are Jesus's words. And I want those words to filter in when we think today and look at the life of Mary. Here's what Jesus says. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it and whoever loses his life for my sake, will find it. Let me read this out of the New Century Version, and it says this. Then Jesus said to his followers, if people want to follow me, they must give up the things they want. They must be willing even to give up their lives to follow me. Those who want to save their lives will give up true life 
And those who give up their lives for me will have, say it with me, true life. Right? Putting our life in perspective and in order how Jesus is. So there was a prophecy by the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. This is somewhere between 740 and 760 years before Jesus' birth. There was this prophecy. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive. Is that possible? Impossible, right? The virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. You know, we looked at that last week. The word Emmanuel was the word God with us. God with us. Jesus' name, or what we read about, Jesus' name meant Jehovah is salvation. Jehovah is salvation. So what seems to be impossible, a virgin will conceive, that will be the sign, and his name is already given God with us. And so then I want to pick this up in Luke chapter 1, and let's read this in verse 26 uh, through 45. We'll put it up on the screen for you. Luke chapter 1, verse 46 through, or 26 through 45. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Can you imagine hearing that and listening to everything that the angel just said? You'd almost want to say, could you repeat that three or four times so I get all of that done? We read this in verse 34. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Everybody say those words with me. How can this be? How can this be? since I do not know a man. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. 
Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to the city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb. Blessed is she who believed. For there will be fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Father, as we've read these words and look into this word today, we thank you for the Holy Spirit, the teacher that teaches us. Let us not gloss over a story that we may know, but let it be something that imparts your voice to our hearts today. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. So Mary's somewhere between 12 and 16 years of age. Most likely 14 or 15 when an angel appears. Now in the Bible... What's always interesting, when an angel appears, everybody becomes fearful. I I often have people say, you know, when I get to heaven and I find Jesus, I'm going to fist bump him. I'm going to chest bump him. And I always say, no, you're not. You know what you're going to do? You're going to hit the ground and you're going to thank him that you made it. (laughs) That's the first thing you're going to do. It's not going to be fist bump or chest bump. You're going to be so glad that you made it. But angels scared people. In fact, this one talking to Mary was something that this promise was so unusual uh, in that day. But Mary found out one thing, that she was favored by God. But what was she favored to do? She was favored to conceive something of the Holy Spirit that would now become the Son of God, the Messiah, that had been prophesied over 700 years before and it was going to begin at that time in that day in fact gabriel the angel gabriel makes this promise and here's what's so important that we all hear it from the angel's mouth to mary for with god nothing will be impossible nothing will be impossible you know i remember um gabriel's word in fact if we contrast zachariah we just read about um her going to go see Elizabeth. But in Luke chapter 1, verse 19 through 20, the angel answers Zacharias and says, I am Gabriel who stands in the very presence of God. That's a powerful statement. I stand in the very presence of God, and if God says something, it will be done. Here's an angel testifying of that thing. So I remember this, and I I wanted to throw this out to all of us, because God has promised things in our own lives. God has spoken things to us. Maybe this is the first time of you hearing it that God has given you a promise, but I want you to remember this. 
The Lord never gives us a promise that we'll be able to fulfill on our own. Look at somebody, right? Find somebody next to you and say, you won't be able to do it, right? Isn't that encouraging? God's going to tell you to do something that looks so impossible, and sometimes it becomes something that's so unbelievable, it will always seem impossible. There's never a Bible story of a character that when God gives them assignment, they'll say, you know, I'll get that done by this afternoon. What do they always say? It's almost like, you got to be kidding. He never gives us an assignment that looks possible. In fact, usually probably like Mary. Mary, it looks like me. You do that through, you ever said that? Me? No, you mean them, right? Not me. No, God says, no, you. I want to do it through your life. So I want to look at Mary as she's following out this promise of God. I want to look at a few things that Mary says. Let's not look at it as Mary said it. Let's know that this is Bible. This is God's word to us. This is being written down so that you and I today, December 11th, in the rain. Remember that. Look at somebody and say, December 11th, in the rain. You'll remember these words of Mary. And she said this. Then Mary said to the angel in verse 34, how can this be since I don't know a man? I've never been intimate with a man. Notice what she first thinks. Okay, uh, I can understand the concept of pregnancy, but I, I have not been with intimate with a man. Notice she's thinking natural ways. She's not understanding what God does. We do the same thing. How can this be, Lord? I don't have the talent. I don't have the resources. I don't have the contacts. I really don't even know what to do. But here's what we know. We always think of what we can do. We don't trust what God can do. She says, how can this be? In fact, we'll notice in a minute we need to change our language to what how she said it. In fact, the promise was this, and I think this is important for us too. In verse 50, it says, and his mercy, talking about God, is on those who fear him from generation to generation. We read this in Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is the beginning. I always read it that way, is the beginning. That word fear is the word that we are in awe of the awesomeness and the power of our God. He said, the, this is going to go from generation to generation. You know, you and I, if Jesus doesn't return in our lifetime, do you know what we do and the things that we do for the Lord will pass on from generation to generation? And that's one of these promises that we see to Mary. But we read this in Luke chapter 2, verse 19, and I want all of us to remember this. We're going to see this two times in the book of Luke, and it says, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them where? In her heart. The power of those scriptures being in our heart, thinking, how can this be? How is this going to happen? How, 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 why, why, why? And yet we know she's now going to ponder this. In fact, you can read a little bit later, you can read down in verse 40, Mary breaks out in a song. 
she starts singing about God, right? It's Mary begins to magnify God for the promise that she has. When is the last time that you began to sing or to thank God for a long period of time about his promise over your life? You know, too many times we feel like we're stuck. That maybe it's not moving forward. Maybe I heard something wrong. Maybe I sensed something wrong. But maybe like Mary, maybe we need to go through and read exactly what she says and return back to that promise that God has said. She's going to ponder these things in her heart. We read this in Luke chapter 2, verse 34 through 35. In fact, this is um, when Jesus was brought before the high priest circumcised in the temple. And Mary's going to listen to these words. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. He prophesies and says a sword will pierce through your own. Now, nobody wants to hear that, right? You know, I, I love doing when we do child dedications and we pray. You never say, oh, and this child is going to pierce souls with a sword, right? Sing Jesus loves me, this I know with me real quick. Well, all of a sudden, Mary, this is something about what Jesus is going to do. Because Mary can fall back on some of the prophecies in the Old Testament, but Mary doesn't know exactly what the Son of God's going to do. She just knows the promises. She's going to follow out and begin to follow what Jesus did. And then we read this again in Luke chapter 2, verse 51. Uh, this is talking about Jesus at 12 years of age. Then he went down and with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. We read this again. I pray that we're keeping things of the Lord, promises of the Lord, verses of the Lord, the song of the Lord in our hearts. Mary's going to ponder these things. Mary's going to keep these things always in her heart. Now, Jesus hasn't done anything yet as an infant or even at a 12-year-old to show what he's going to do. And I thought this, I said this last week, I'm sure at the dinner table, Joseph and Mary are wondering, what's he going to do that we're going to miss, right? What's he going to do? Is he going to take our, our fish and our bread and multiply it tonight? You know, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? But Mary now is going to follow Jesus's life. In fact, I wanted to read a few verses that as she begins to follow the life of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus, the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, the ascension of Jesus, Mary's still there. And yet what's very interesting in all of the promises of Mary is Jesus has performed no miracles yet. We know he's been baptized. He's received the Holy Spirit, but he's not performed any miracles until John chapter 2, where he turns the water to wine. But I want to read this verse. In fact, I'm going to read John 2, 5, and I'm going to back up to John 2, 4, and Mary goes to the servants, and here's what she says. 
His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. You know what I wrote in my notes? He hasn't done anything yet. The only thing he's done, he's a carpenter. He's not done anything yet. They're out of wine at the celebration. The wedding celebrations in Jewish tradition were seven days. Right? They've already run out of the wine. But Mary already knows whatever he tells you to do, just do it. Now let me read uh, what Jesus said in verse 4 out of the message. And it says this. Jesus said, is that any of your business, mother? Yours or mine? This isn't my time. Don't push me. How many of you, if you said that to your mother, you would have got, right? Interesting what he says. This isn't my time. Everything Jesus did, he did because he saw what the Father did. He heard what the Father said. And now he's going to be released to do this miracle. But Mary already knew something before he did anything. It had been different if he already raised the dead. He already multiplied. He walked on the water. He, had done, he hadn't done anything yet. And she's thinking water to wine or something. But she knew what whatever he said, do it. Point at yourself if you can just for a minute because we all need to hear that. Whatever he says to you, do it. Look at somebody else. Whatever he says to you, do it. Well, I don't have the resources. I don't have. Yeah, all right. I know. That's who he chooses. That's who he chooses to use. And he chose Mary. We read this in Matthew chapter 13, verse 55, when the people are, con, you know, really wondering who this Jesus is. And then they remember a little bit about his background and they say, is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon and Jude? They're trying to put it. No, he's just a regular guy. Mary was there. Mary standing at the foot of the cross. That now this promised son of God, who she has raised, who's now somewhere in that 33 and a half years of age, is on the cross. She's listening to people ridicule him, mocking him about coming off the cross, seeing his clothes at the bottom of the cross being gambled over by the Roman soldiers, hearing him cry out a few times. And here Mary is at the bottom of the cross and Jesus speaks to John and speaks to her and says these words. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved, that's John, standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And then he said to his disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. Here's Mary at the foot of the cross probably not remembering that promise that this would pierce your soul. This looked like the end. What was all of this about? My entire life was turned upside down. 
I had an angel come tell me a story. This was going to be the son of God. This was going to be Emmanuel. My entire life was turned upside down. But we know the story, if we know the Bible, that it all turned upside down in just three days when he rose from the dead. Mary was still there. In fact, the last part we really see of Mary in the Bible is Acts chapter 1, verse 14. She's there. In fact, we read this. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and the Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. You know, there was a time in the scripture that the brothers didn't believe in him. They didn't believe. But here we see at the end, they're standing right there with Mary. The fulfillment of everything, everything now clicks. But I've got to go back to the original comment of that angel that appears to her and gives her that promise. And she begins to ponder these things in her heart. In fact, let me uh, let me mention this last um, we can be, I'm going to put this on the screen, used by God. We can all be used by God. We can trust him in all situations. We can come to him with questions. That's what Mary did. We can come to him with questions and we worship him regardless of the situation. Mary's worshiping the Lord. She's going to be a 14-year-old pregnant girl that doesn't have a home. Oh, my 14-year-old and pregnant? You know, I, I learned the hard way when ladies are pregnant, I never say anything. Because several years ago, a really good, good friend of ours, in fact, we served on staff together, and she really joked a lot. Uh, we were going to a young couple's uh, barbecue, and somehow, someway, I had heard she was pregnant. And so coming in the house, I saw her, and I walked up to her, and I saw her little pooch of a stomach, and I started tapping her on the stomach. And I said, hey, congratulations. How far along are you? You ever heard of crocodile tears? Her eyes welled up with tears, and she just began to cry. She wasn't pregnant. I had heard the wrong. Oh, I remember. I went from 6'2 to about 2 feet tall. I found a back office, and I... I was trying to find my wife. I wanted to leave so bad. Made up everything. But I don't even ask anymore. I don't care if the lady, you know, it's coming out all the way here. I don't even look at her. I don't say anything. I don't even comment. I'm going to wait until I see a baby because I'm not going to want to stick my foot in my mouth ever, ever, ever again. But I learned this. I'm going to worship him regardless of the situation. Bow your heads, if you would, with me, because I, I, wa I want these words to speak to all of us today. That we sometimes, I think, think of Joseph and Mary, that they had it easy. And yet they learned how to follow that very promise that was given to them. You know, we remember this, that when we're obedient to what God says, it does require us to sacrifice. But boy, what a life and what a promise that we see. And he, the Lord never gives us a promise that we can fulfill on our own. It will always seem impossible. It'll always seem like you're stuck. 
It'll always feel like you might be overwhelmed, but that's where when we end with that bit, that's where we worship and we come back to him. Because he can make a way where there seems to be no way. The biggest question to us is, will we be like an Isaiah that when God said something, we say, here am I, Lord. Send me. Father, I pray for all of us today. Lord, I pray that we even revisit past things that you've spoken to our lives. That we can look at the life of Joseph and Mary, whom even society might honor, but they had to trust and follow you in what looked like impossible circumstances. But you always came through. We trust you, Father. We believe you this day that you are speaking to our hearts. We love and we honor you first. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Stand with me if you would. We're going to close with this uh, other Christmas carol.
That's one of my favorites. I always feel like when I sing that, it's Christmas time. Hey, I want to thank Pete. Pete found out Thursday night that he was going to lead worship because Eric was sick. So, Pete, we so appreciate you and Faith jumping in. And then Philip in the back that found out that he was going to do screen because both of our screen people are out. Philip, thank you very much for jumping in, trying to learn how to do all that. Uh, we appreciate you. And uh, though the little, I would always, I wish the scriptures had the little drummer boy in it. You know, we don't see that in the Bible. You know why? Because Mary would have never let some little kid with a beating on a drum come near a sleeping baby, right? So, but we do have the, we do have a bald little drummer boy <laughs> that's in the back. So, Ron, yeah, there he is right there. So, Ron, you do great. <laughs> Anyways, if you need prayer today, we would love to pray with you. My prayer, though, is that you go back to those things that God has spoken to you, to your family. He is faithful to see it through and to accomplish what he has spoken to you. Remember, uh, next Sunday, look at Sunday and say, remember your ugly, not your ugly sweater you're wearing right now, but remember your ugly Christmas sweater uh, and remember Christmas Eve. Lord bless you guys. Have a great day. Stay dry. Lord bless you. Have a great day.